Good evening, everybody. My name is Rachel Wilford, and I am on staff here as our Life Together Groups Director and our Women's Ministry Director. And I am so excited to be able to spend some time with you tonight as we head into the next part of our series. But first, I wanna take a couple of minutes and I wanna acknowledge what's going on in our world right now. I know many of you are like me and we're just sitting heavy with what we're seeing happening in Haiti and Afghanistan. Our hearts are breaking as these stories and the pictures and the videos are coming out. And we know that this is not the only place, these two places are not the only place where tragedy and injustice and evil are right now, but those are where our eyes are focused. So I wanna take a minute, and as a congregation of Jesus Christ, I wanna pray for them, and I wanna pray um, knowing that as we lift our voice to Jesus, that he and his kingdom will continue to move. Lord, um, we come to you tonight for those who may not have a voice right now or they don't know where to go. And so, Lord Jesus, we, we lift up those in Haiti who are suffering, suffering through this natural, natural disaster that keeps coming and keeps hitting and is just taking over their entire country. We pray for provisions to get there and safety for those who are involved. Jesus, we pray for all in Afghanistan. There's so many components there, Jesus, that you are aware of and you are involved with. We know we have seen tragedies like this over and over again in your word. And so we know this is part of living here on earth and yet it is horrible to see. And so in the name of Jesus Christ, we claim victory over lives and souls and we stand in the gap for those who don't have a voice right now. We claim that you are Lord. How great is our God. And we know that you will move. Lord, show us how we can step in and love and bless on those who need us to stand for them right now. We say this in your name, Jesus Christ, amen. Kind of an intense way to start. Well, you all knew I was gonna cry. That's no surprise. I just didn't know I was gonna kick us off, gosh. But I'm actually, it's interesting as I'm heading into our message tonight, it is the, the next series, like I said, of the Be Reasonable. And I get to share with you, Honor One Another. And what a cool way that I get to talk about this because I feel like it's this unique way we can look at how we can bring light into the world where there is darkness, how everything that's happening right now around us is because of selfishness and pain and everybody looking inward. And if we get to honor, another, honor one another, we get to look out and bless those around us. So I'm excited that I get to be the one who shares this message as we're gonna continue on. And Dave kicked us off sharing the passage in Romans. It's Romans 12.1. And I love this version of it and I wanna share it again just so that it's right on our minds. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your reasonable service, your worship. And I also love, I love Paul's letters. Oh my gosh, they're so profound. I love how just a couple of verses later in, verse, in chapter 12, he says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. I've heard it said that true love begins when you're looking towards someone else and they matter before you. How powerful is that? when we stop looking at us and we're looking at everyone else. But here in chapter 12 of Romans, Paul lays some groundwork for us to let us know how we as Christians are called to live united 
and how we can live then in the world by expressing our uni- being our unity through honoring and blessing and serving others. And I wanna say, it's so powerful because when we honor someone, we are worshiping Jesus. And I've asked God as I've read these passages, I mean, you really can't look up a blessing or honor without coming like, I'm seriously, it's like the entire Bible, right? Like you keep, there's so many passages. But I was asking God as I was going through this, what does it really mean for me, me, to offer myself as a living sacrifice, to put others before me here? And I, 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 I have a couple of stories here I'm gonna share in a little bit of what that looks like for me personally and the impact of honoring and, and what people have done for me that have helped me. Um, but it's just exciting because I wanna take a couple minutes before we head in and I'm actually gonna ask you to, you know, we're gonna have a little audience participation. I want everyone to close your eyes for a sec. And I want you to think of someone in your life that you could bless. You may have had seven people pop up that fast. I don't know. I'm hoping you had one. But I want you to think of that one person and I want you to remember who that is because we're going to come back to them in a couple of minutes. You can open your eyes now. So what does it look like to live honoring others and blessing others? I love it, the, Dave, the way Dave, we were talking about as we were preparing this. We're doing this because of God, because of his mercy. We know that, that we get to serve and love others because God loved and served us. I mean, I think we all get serving, honoring, blessing others on some level. I mean, I kind of think of it as be really nice to the cashier when you go to the, the grocery store right now. Maybe don't cut someone off. You know, maybe it's doing something extra nice. I love a good Facebook post, so I'll post about someone I absolutely love and, you know, and praise them. Um, but I, and those are all really legitimate ways of blessing people. And here in a couple minutes, I'm going to also share about a book that I read as I prepared for this and five different ways that we can bless people in our lives. And it's really exciting. And I know you guys are ready. You're like, bring them on right now, right? Okay. (laughs) Thanks, guys. But I'm really excited because what I absolutely love is if we could dig into first, what is a blessing? Because when I started thinking about blessing, it's kind of that idea of like, you know, hashtag blessed, you know, everything's all great and wonderful, right? And then I was like, okay, I want to look up some descriptions. I love looking up uh, dictionary in the dictionary, the thesaurus, different words. And I love that this description of blessing came up. And it said, to bow the knee, add value, adore on bended knee. And when I read those, it made such a difference for me reading that because now I kind of understood how when you hear someone say, we don't really say it here because we don't have a king or queen, but like God bless the queen. You guys have heard that I'm sure before or, or bless you Lord kind of thing. Like aren't they the blesser, right? Aren't they the ones like bestowing blessings on us in different ways? Why are we saying bless you queen? Can I, I'd be like, can you give me some stuff? But if you think about it, our role here then is to bend the knee to them, to bow to them. And what an opportunity we have to those in this building right here to do that. Like honestly, going in low, going humble and going in blessing someone and putting them up high is exactly what Jesus did. He put himself not just as a servant here on earth, but as a slave. 
And if we want to be holy like God is calling us to be, we have a chance to do that by going in low, right? And putting people above us, bowing to them, adding value. Honestly, it's that idea. When we honor someone, it's our way we worship Jesus. We, uh, John was talking about the potluck last week. You guys, seriously, I think we did the numbers. I think like 99.9% of you stuck around for the potluck. We had over 200 people who hung out out there. And how do you make something like that happen? You guys blessed everyone here, whether you showed up early to set up the tables and chairs, because I, I couldn't have done that. Whether you, um, hello, I, I guarantee there was some like family favorite meals, like Kathy Sanchez and her, her cake plate. Did y'all see that thing? Like, oh my gosh, blessing every single person here, I swear, oh my gosh. Or you stayed late. What a cool opportunity. K2, you guys are already living this out. I see it all the time on K2 Cares. Someone says they have a need and someone is there blessing them, stepping in to go below them and making something happen right away. I love it. But why do we care? Why do we do this? Why do we care about blessing others? Because I don't know about you. That's what drives us when we do things. It's the why. Why do we do this? What's going to make me go from today, sitting here, and walk out that door and decide, I should go and bless someone? Well, there's a couple of reasons. And, and honestly, as believers, our number one reason we do it is it worships God. It is our worship to him when we honor someone. It also is what Jesus did, as I said a minute ago. He truly spent his entire life, his entire ministry blessing people as he went through the countryside and cities. So I love how in Philippians, another Paul letter, I love it, he wrote, um, obviously he spends a lot of time of his preaching and his writing talking about unity of the church and how to bless others and how to live together. And so I want to share this passage. So it's Philippians 2, 1 through 5. And I'm going to read two versions of it because they hit me so hard. And the first version is, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love... If any sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others." In your relationships, one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. If that isn't the most dead on thing. But here we're gonna use the message version because this one, like, man, talk about bringing it home. If you have gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. 
I don't know you, I was like, oh man, like that just like hits it so hard. I mean, seriously, can it be any more clear what we are called to do? Us, over here, everyone else, front and center. Like, I mean, seriously, I was dying when I was reading that. If you care, if you have a heart, I don't know. I kind of think most of you care. I think most of you have a heart. Most of you, just kidding. All right, but we know when we follow this and we, we listen to what Paul was telling us to do, he's compelling us to, do, to live like Jesus. And we know when we honor someone, we worship Jesus. So in preparation for this message, you know, we always do a bunch of research and we're looking up a bunch of stuff and I decided I was gonna read a book that we actually used for an entire message series a couple of years ago. I don't know if you guys remember it. I brought it just so you could take a peek. The Blessing. We did a whole message series on these different elements that I'm gonna share here in a couple minutes. And it was so profound to me because I know there's, like I said, a million ways we can bless someone. We all have different love languages. We wanna speak those to people. We get to know people. We know what's gonna help them out. But I, and so I love how he talks about in this book different aspects of what it does biblically to step in and bless someone. And all of it we do because we know that when we honor someone, we worship Jesus. So the five elements that he talks about that I'm gonna share, so it's gonna be really small information, but this is stuff you guys can walk away with today and do something with. Because I know as I was, okay, I didn't read the book, I listened to it, I'll be totally honest, I don't know if anybody of y'all it's like that, but it's like the same thing. When I was listening to this book, every day, I actually went and bought it specifically because I was like, I wish I was taking notes. I wish I was, someone would come to mind and I wanna write down something I could do for them. It, was, it hit me that hard as I was going through this. So we have the five elements. Number one, meaningful, appropriate touch. Two, a spoken message. Three, attaching high value. Four, picturing a special future. And five, active commitment. So the first one we're going to touch on is the meaningful touch. Now, I personally grew up in a home where I knew I was loved. Um, some of you guys have met my parents. I was loved. I was taken care of. It was a, it was a great home. It was not a physically affectionate home. Um, ironically, I actually don't think I can recall ever being hugged as a little girl. I remember snuggling. Uh, my mom and my stepdad are the, are, were my primary um, pa- you know, parents I lived with. And I, I just don't remember that. It didn't happen. There was no snuggling. I, I do remember the first time my dad, when I went and visited him once, hugged me. And I legit was like, what are we doing? Like, is this, what are we, is this good? Is this bad? And how, though, as that did happen, how, what an impact it made on me to recognize that bonding with him. And in the book and some other research I was doing, it was talking about the importance of that appropriate, meaningful touch. This is probably why my kids are like, oh my gosh, mom, stop touching me all the time. Because I was like, this is so important for us to understand our value, to feel a blessing. We see it in the Bible all the time, the hands on, the laying on the hands. We know that the spirit moves in that. We also know that actually meaningful touch for uh, the younger kids and even adolescents. There, there's, there's research that says that as kids hit elementary, middle school, high school, their parents actually start pulling back on that meaningful touch, 
Hugs start happening less and less. The cuddling on the couch starts happening less and less. And that is actually the prime time those kids need that touch. It builds them cognitively. It helps them understand, I am safe in this area. So it's so important because it gives them so much more than just that little touch. For those of you who are the love language of touch, all of us need that. And I love in Luke 6, 19, it says, and all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. So in the word of God, we see that touch was so powerful that it came in a blessing form. Jesus was, he didn't even have to do anything. And in his touch, people touching him, they were healed. I don't know about you guys, but I've had that experience of someone laying hands on me and healing me mentally and physically. How powerful it is that when we walk out of here, and I know COVID, everybody afterwards was like, I can't wait to hug everyone. And I was like, we're good. We don't need to do that. <laughs> but it, this is so powerful because it allows you opportunity to express love and bless someone. Number two, a spoken message. Honestly, how powerful is it for us to hear words of encouragement from someone around us? And I know for me, it's been those conversations, those words spoken into me that have changed my life and where I'm headed, that trajectory of what I'm doing. In fact, early on at K2, when I began teaching in different ways, whether I was coming on stage and sharing a story or I was teaching at a Life Together group or whatever I was doing, there was a special person named Steve Bollinger who would come up after each of those times he saw me speak and he would use his words to encourage me tell me that he saw in me this great gift and how much he appreciated that I had shared. And I will tell you, even as I wrote this message, Steve Bollinger, I thought of you as I sat and I thought, I don't know if I can do this. And those words pushed me through to say, I know I can because Steve believes in me. I love it in Proverbs, it has the message, the, the passage in 18.4 a person's words can be life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbling brook. Steve's words to me were wisdom, were refreshment. They nourished me and they kept me going at all the times. Number three, attaching high value. This blessing is one that truly speaks into really the value of a person and what you see in them. And I love it because much like the father's blessing in the Old Testament that speaks, you know, when the father would, would bless his son, this would show him what his, his value is in the home. For me, I've seen this personally also, another just my story, you guys get to hear a bunch, a bunch about me today, but I've seen this one where I've had friends who have spoken words of encouragement over me, but what they said to me I've had a couple of friends, even recently I'll share, that they see me as a warrior. And I kind of pushed against that for a while, but when they said they saw me as a warrior in my home, as a wife and as a mother, and as a warrior on the front lines sharing the gospel, that high value for me completely changed my decision to step forward and be present and share the message of Jesus. I also have the great gift of a stepdad, my bonus dad, if you will. This man has, has been there and, and, and so strong for my family and for me all these years. And the amazing thing is I love, every time I go over there and I'm complaining or I'm up to something, he'll say, Rachel, you are so talented. You have so many gifts. You can do anything you want. 
So those days when I didn't think I could make it, when things were getting really, really hard, it was Craig's message to me that would keep me going. And I know many of you right now could probably think of a person who spoke words over you, gave you a high value, and what that did for you. Number four, picturing a special future. This is one of those really unique areas because obviously um, any of you who are parents, this is an area that, you know, you, your baby's born and you're sitting there like, oh, I, you know, they're going to be this, they're going to be that. We're joking right now. My son's Strummer, many of you guys have seen him. He's decided he wants to be an Olympic water polo player. I have no idea what's going on with this little man other than if you know Strummer, he's going to be an Olympic water polo player. And so we're speaking that into him. We're saying, we see this. Let's get you doing. Oh, buddy, good job. Way to go. We can speak life and not death over people around us. It's in our homes oftentimes where this is spoken the most prominently. This is an area actually for many of you, you're, you're thinking back and you didn't get this in your home. It's sad and it's true that self-esteems are destroyed in homes because high value, special future, words of encouragement were not spoken over their kids. But how amazing for those of you as parents or now as adults and, and you're in ministry or in your job or with your friends, you can speak this over people. What a beautiful image we actually get of this in Genesis. I love this. In Genesis 12, two through three, when God said to Abraham, so here's God projecting or sharing this special future to Abraham. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I don't know about you, but I don't see any bigger special future spoken over anyone, honestly. I don't even think Olympic athletes gonna be bigger than that one. But for me, it was really cool. So I've been on staff now almost about nine, nine years, I think a little bit over than that. When I first came on, I was actually a volunteer staff. So I wasn't paid. I just decided to show up all the time because I knew they wanted to hang out with me. And the first person who brought me in was Dave Elsog. I'm sure many of you remember Dave. He's around sometimes still. Um, we miss him dearly. But he brought me in um, to be the volunteer coordinator. And in it, at that time, he spoke into me what he called the I see in you conversation. And he shared with me what he saw in me, the gifts and the talents, but also what he saw for me going forward, who he saw me becoming. And he spoke that into me and allowed me to come on to go from a volunteer staff to staff to all these places to now standing before you nine years later as a pastor. Y'all, if you'd met me nine years ago, and many of you did, this is not where you thought I was gonna be. <laughs> but because someone shared that with me, a promising, amazing future, I was able to live into that blessing. The last one kind of brings them all together, but it's another way that we can show our blessing to others, and it's active commitment. So while providing all of these elements or any of the other blessings that we can look at, they're awesome. They're all gonna fall short, I'll be honest, if we don't include this final thing. If we don't have a commitment that goes along with it. If we're committing to dedicate our time, our energy, our resources to blessing others, 
This also means, that means we have to spend time understanding the specific needs and desires and who that person is to make them feel the most blessed. For some, Rachel's Facebook post would make you feel amazing with 3,000 likes, just kidding. Others, that would be so embarrassing. They just want a little note in the, in the, in the mail. Getting to know our kids or our coworkers or our friends and getting to know how to bless them and then committing to do that regardless of the outcome. How many times do we go in with the intent to bless someone and then it's like, well, they didn't say anything back. They didn't do anything. I didn't see anything come of it. That's not what it's about. The powerful thing is when we honor someone, when we bless someone, we're worshiping Jesus and we're not intending to get anything back. I also love that this is a way when we hold up our commitments to someone, it blesses them. So this one to me is kind of a twofold. I love that if we can honor those commitments, how blessed do we feel when someone comes through for us? Now I know I was seriously, I was contemplating when I was praying over and preparing this. It felt like kind of a, oh, okay message. Kind of very la la, thanks Rach for a few cute steps I could take when I walk out of here. But I want to tell you, so recently, and this isn't even part of my notes, so here we go. You're welcome up there, Jenny. Recently, Jesus has put on my heart this idea of a flame. Maybe the joke was, is it because of my future Olympian son? We're thinking of the Olympic torch. But there's a flame that is burning so bright right now. The torch of God is moving and is, and is, I've talked about this, the spirit is going, you guys, and we have an opportunity to grab that torch to run with it, to worship Jesus and honor those around us. And I want this to be something that compels us to walk out of here and say, how can I live my life differently today? How can I put aside my own ambitions, my own vein, and serve someone else, bless someone else? Because we, giving a blessing is life-changing. If Steve hadn't spoken to me all those times, I don't know that I could have kept going. If Dave Elsog hadn't saw that in me, I mean, I quit a paid job to come to not be paid and hang out and do a lot of work. If he hadn't seen that in me, I wouldn't be up here right now. And those are just a couple of the stories of people that have spoken into me. And like many of you, I had a lot of negative spoken into me as well. But how powerful when we can switch over and say, my worship of Jesus is gonna put that negativity aside and we are gonna worship by blessing everyone around us. All of you who come here on Sunday or Saturdays, oh gosh, I did it. Saturdays and pour into each other, whether you're meeting with someone for coffee to share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. You're helping welcome, you're making the coffee. Did you guys know they get here at like 3.30? They get here at like 3.30 to make your coffee. You should tell them thank you. There you go. But so recently, I had one of those days. You know those days where you're ticked at everybody? Yeah, I had one of those recently. I threw myself a pity party, and I was pretty upset with everyone around me because the day was not going my way. I had a plan. I had a hope. I knew what I wanted to have happen, and everyone was ruining it. And so I went home, pretty mad, might have sent out some nasty text messages, and I decided I was going to go for a walk. 
And in that time, I popped on my Audible and listened to the blessing because I was like, I gotta get my head straight. I'm ready, getting ready for this message and I, I gotta just get out of myself. And as I started listening, I was towards the very end of the book and I started bawling. Again, shocker, right? But what hit me was that they were talking about the way to implement these blessings, how to share this, what to go out and do. And so I went home and immediately followed through with a challenge that they did. And the challenge was um, to sit down and write a letter to someone. And the letter was supposed to share your spoken word, your words of encouragement, your high value that you see in someone, that special future you see. And I don't know about you guys, I don't don't remember the last time I wrote out like a two-page letter, like cursive. I do write in cursive. I'm Gen X, so we did cursive. Write that out. I don't remember the last time I did it. And you know what it did? It immediately took me out of myself. I was able to see that person again as who they were and how much I loved them and really how much I valued them. I didn't go in to change my heart. I went in to really say, okay, I'm gonna bless this person. And it changed me at the same time. I was worshiping Jesus and he was blessing me while I was blessing them. What a cool thing. And then I did. I went ahead and in the book, he talks about the reason he's having you do this is because someone wrote him a letter once and now 45 years later, he carries it around in his pocket or something. And I'm like, I don't know if my letter had that kind of impact on the person I wrote it for, but I hope that when they read those words again, they can hear my heart and they can see who they are in Jesus and they can see how much God loves them and how much I love them. And what a special blessing it was to come out of myself and see everyone and see them around me and focus on them. And I gave that letter to the person and we had a little chance to talk and it was beautiful. And I know for me, I'm, I'm hoping I can do that more often. Because when we honor someone, whether it's any of these elements or another way, we're worshiping Jesus. So I'm going to tell you now, I'm going to challenge each of you to write a letter. I think all of you, when you walked in, were given a little note card. If you were not, raise your hand and we'll make sure that one comes to you. I think right over here we have a couple. Jackie, thank you. So the very beginning of my time, I had you close your eyes and picture that person. That person would be an easy one to grab right now and to write a letter to. I want you to share with them in this little note card that I gave you. Now you don't have any excuse. You don't have to go look for a pen and paper because you have it. I want you to write them a note. Encourage them. Share with them what you see in them, who they are to you, who you see them being, living through Jesus. Bless them with this card. And I'm actually gonna give you a couple minutes to get started on this tonight. No excuses. <laughs> and I know for some of you, I know for me when I, when I started, I actually had to take some notes of, and on a separate piece of paper and write down some of my thoughts. I wanted, I wanted to make sure I, I mentioned this and I wanted to mention this because they were so important to me. I didn't wanna forget them as I was scribbling through that, that letter. So maybe that's you. Maybe you need to grab your phone and put some notes and you will come back later, promise me. Or you wanna jump in right now and you wanna get started because seriously, there's nothing better, you guys, than receiving the blessing from someone. 
And we know that when we bless and honor someone, we are worshiping Jesus. So how powerful that not only do we get to worship with our music tonight, worship by being here in each other's presence, but we get to worship him by blessing someone. And I'm gonna give you a couple of minutes. Our band is gonna play a little bit and then we're gonna head into the end of our night.